there, hi there, ho there. Welcome to Beers and Buckets, the podcast for degenerates like us who love basketball and drinking beer. Part of the Basketball Podcast Network, where you get the latest on your favorite teams, what's happening around the NBA and NCAA. My name is Connor, and I'm joined by Dal. Dal, how you doing, man? Is that because we're doing the Big Ten, so you had to go all Midwest on us? Yep, a little bit. And also, I've been watching that 70s show, so it's on my brain. Yep. Uh, you're ridiculous. <laughs> um, I'm doing well. I had a cousin that came through and called us and said that she had two extra tickets to the Tennessee-Kentucky game. So I'll be going to Neyland Stadium this weekend, which is going to be incredibly nerve-wracking. Um, but yeah, doing well. Fun little story. I have a friend that's a diehard Georgia fan, like grew up in Georgia, been to a bunch of games, whatever. One time we were doing this like two truths and a lie thing for for school. And uh, and he's like, oh, I, I sang like I sang Rocky Top in Tennessee. And the other lies, the other th- like things he said sounded really like convincing. So we we're like, that's got to be the lie. It was the truth. He he's like, I went to a Tennessee game that wasn't playing Georgia, and I sang Rocky Top in Tennessee. And I was like, you are a hypocrite, sir. But anyways, um, welcome to Beers and Buckets. Like I said, we're gonna jump into this beer review so we don't waste any time. I'm gonna go first this morning because I'm excited about this name. And also, I've had this beer in my fridge. I had a pack of this beer for over a month. I used two of them for chili, and then two of them my friend drank. So. Uh, I had to go buy more for this podcast, <laughs> but it's Divine Brewings. I don't give a schnitzel. It's a Marzen, which is also a Oktoberfest or German style amber lager. Uh, it's 6.3% ABV, 19 IBUs, and it's a 3.76 on untapped. But it's really dark, but it really is a, um, it, it's a smooth drinking beer. So it's like, even though it's dark, it, it really finishes easy. So nice. I mean, no complaints. It's a good beer. I've had it before, like I said, um, but it's still it's still a solid beer all around. Uh, better on tap. Debine is here in Palm Harbor, uh, Florida, which is about 15 minutes from me. So we went there a couple weeks ago, and I enjoyed one on tap. Much better on tap, like pretty much any beer you'll ever have, but it's still yeah. really good. So um, definitely check it out if you can or order it online, whatever. But, yeah, that's my beer. And comparing it to – Something college basketball. Um, I don't really have a good comparison other than like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really have one today. So I, I got nothing just because it's hard to compare Mars and like Oktoberfest to something, you know. Um, just comparing it to Oktoberfest. How about that? There you go. <laughs> That's like using the definition, using a word in the definition of its own word. Like, What's the meaning of... Pontificate, and then you. Well, use what's like a German style school? You know, like I don't know. Like I can't think of it. Like Maryland. Well, let's go Maryland basketball. Sure. There you go. <laughs> um, I, in honor of spooky season, still have uh, from New Holland Brewing, which I feel like is a pretty big brewery. Uh, I feel like they at least have a large distribution network. I'll say it that way. Um. It's based out of Michigan, which is fitting for this podcast. I have their Ichabod Pumpkin Ale, which obviously is referencing Ichabod Crane from Sleepy Hollow, who has the pumpkin as a head. Um, good stuff there. Um, it's a 4.5% ABV, 
Uh, it had like a 3.5, something on untapped. It's very pumpkin-y. So I like, like nutmeg in it too. Pretty good though. Um, definitely better than the pumpkin pie one I had last week. That just tasted like you were like shotgunning a beer and eating <laughs> pumpkin pie at the same time. Uh, <laughs> this is more like an actually like a one, one taste. It's pretty good actually. I would drink this. Nice. What are you comparing it? This is good. Um, let's go. Let's go with. I'm going to go with. I'm trying to compare it to a Big Ten team. Let's go Penn State. Um, fun to watch sometimes. They played really slowly last year, which means that you can't really watch a ton of it. I couldn't drink a bunch of these beers, but I could drink like one or two of these beers and enjoy it in small doses. So let's go Penn State. Sounds good. Um, all right. So let's do this. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bets, Moneyline bets, and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With, with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the N NBA. Uh, definitely hit the smash the Hornets over on the Magic Hornets game because the Magic are missing, like, 10 players on the injury or have 10 players listed on the injury report or something like that. Something ridiculous, uh, including Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony. So their primary ball handler will be RJ Hampton and nobody wants to see that. So um, go ahead and just bet the magic to lose in that game. <laughs> Do you have any games that Eric's matchups or anything this week that you're excited about? So matchups, this is a very niche thing that I also realized will be coming out after we probably post this, but the Brooklyn Nets defense is horrendous this year. Just awful. They played the Bucks last night. We were recording at 11 o'clock on Thursday, the 27th. They played the Bucks last night, lost. They play, they have the second leg of a back-to-back. -back. The Mavs are coming to town and Christian Wood and Luka Doncic are going to absolutely obliterate them. They may <laughs> score 130 points and their team total, I'm looking at it right now, is 114, and they will absolutely hit the over on that. So that's my play of the day. That you sounds good. Might not be able to play because you're hearing this too late. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any five dollar bet this week and get two hundred dollars in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with co promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So during the offseason, we've been breaking down the top 25 teams in college basketball. Well, now we're going broader. We're looking at conferences. Last week, we talked about the Big East. The week before, we talked about the ACC. This week, we're breaking down the Big Ten. 
And it's a doozy. Buckle up because we had trouble putting this together. It's going to be uh, fun to listen to. to say I had trouble least. because there are 14 teams in the Big Ten, which means that they are lying. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just conferences in general now. True. Uh, <laughs> so let's do this projected order to finish. You ready for it? Let's go Always. through our, our top our top five teams here in the in the Big Ten. So do you want to do the honors, Dal, and start off with your number one team? We actually just looking at this, we don't have many we have three teams that over four teams that overlap. So yeah. some some big big discussion gonna be going on here. Um yep. we do both have Indiana at number one. Uh, I think this will be I mean, like, I do, but it's also kind of funny because if Indiana yeah. is winning your conference, that does not speak well of your conference as a whole. Uh, <laughs> they just were, they returned so much. There's a lot of the, the teams in the Big Ten are returning about half of their minutes, if not less. Indiana brings back Trace Jackson Davis, who is one of, it will definitely be a first team all Big Ten player, regardless of where you feel like he ends up there. Uh, but they're returning almost 80% of their minutes. They are pretty much the only team that did not add anyone in the transfer portal. And it's because they lost a couple like minor role players, but get essentially everyone back. So Yeah. And they have two top 25 or ESPN 25 players coming in. Yeah. Malik Renew and Jalen Hood Shafino. So yeah. Yeah. I think they're, I, mean, I think they're both top 30 on the like 24 seven composite. Yeah. Yep, and and then Caleb Banks is a top 100 player too. So I mean, they're getting some some talent in, and they're replacing you know role players, like you said. That's a that's a good thing to do. Yeah, they should be really good. Spoiler yeah. alert for the Big Ten Player of the Year and Coach of the Year uh, discussion for later. Yeah, <laughs> with both right. of us picking them to be one. Yeah, yeah, I have Indiana at one as well. I have Illinois at two. I think. They killed the transfer portal, which helped. And then they also have they, a, a solid. They had to. <laughs> yeah, they had to. You're right. But they killed the transfer portal, and they got a solid guard coming in in Sky Clark. So I think um, I think that they should be really good. They like they completely obliterated the Big 12 with the transfer portal, by the way. Like taking three Big 12 players and then adding in three top 100 players from, uh, you know, for freshman class here. I mean, losing Kofi Coburn's a lot. But I mean, they they still are going to be a, a really good team, I think, and they're just I I like them. I like Brad, you know, like it's he's awesome. So I mean, the the real loss though is obviously Andre Cabello, if we're being honest. Well, yeah, because you're so high on them, you pick St. John's to uh, <laughs> you know, finish third or whatever in the Big East. I'm not so. going to live that down. I? <laughs> nope. Good. Who's Good. your second team in the uh, uh, Big Ten? So my second team is the other player that I think will be the best player in the Big Ten other than Trace Jackson Davis, and that's Hunter Dickinson. So I have Michigan finishing second. Um, they also did a good job in the in the portal, brought in uh, Jalen Llewellyn from Princeton. There's like almost a 16-point-per-game score there, point guard, to kind of fill the – Eli Brooks role, and then they brought in Joey Baker, who I don't expect to actually do that much. But he's Joey Buckets, you mean? Exactly. <laughs> uh, they have two top forty players, including Jet Howard, who gets to play for his dad, which would be cool. Um, a couple other cool guys that are like too. fringe, 
fringe top 100 players. Um, kind of shooting myself in the foot with them only returning like 28% of their total minutes from last year. Uh, losing not just Brooks, but Caleb Houston, Divate. But uh, I think Hunter Dickinson is one of the two best players in the Big Ten. So yeah. I think they'll finish high. Who do you have as your third team? I have the Iowa Hawkeyes as my third team. We got I do Keegan as well. Murray. Keegan Murray gone. Yeah, this is one of our another one of our uh, agreements. Keegan Murray gone, but Chris Murray, his brother, should be poised to have a big breakout season. Um, they, I, I like Fran McCaffrey. He also, along with uh, now two Howards playing for. Uh, Juwan Howard at Michigan. Uh, McCaffrey has, what, two McCaffreys that play for him? Yeah, Patrick and Connor. Yeah, so. And it's Connor with an O-R, though. Connor with an O-R. We, the normal way like. you spell it. Uh, the lame way, way is what I think. <laughs> uh, but no, they, they're returning about 55% of their minutes. Um, added a couple, actually, top 150 players in... Uh, and two recruits there. So, I mean, Bohannon and Keegan Murray are big losses, but I I like their thing, especially if Chris Murray can can take a jump. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on them just because they return they're returning a lot of minutes, and it seems like I don't know outside looking at it, it seems like Big Ten is down this year. So if they were a fringe, you know, like if they were a top three team in the Big Ten last year. They can kind of keep that status here. Um, so, yeah, I like Fran McCaffrey as well. And it's a spoiler alert for my other, you know, what we'll talk about later, the Big Ten Player of the Year and all that stuff, big, uh, Coach of the Year and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so I have Iowa there as third. At four, I have Purdue. We, we, we already talked about Purdue a lot, so we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on them. But um, within their own episode that we did. But, I mean, they, they lost, obviously – huge players and Ivy and Williams and Stefanovic and uh but they're they're replacing it pretty well with lawyer um and got they got David Jenkins from Utah that's gonna be a solid transfer. So I mean mainly you have Zach Eady, you're you're fine. Uh you know, so like they'll be okay. Uh but yeah the, I think they'll be fine here. And like I said the, the Big Ten's down so they can, if they can kind of keep the keep the course there and a kind of down year for Purdue they might be able to sneak out Make a make a couple of tournament appearances or win here and then, yeah, that's where I kind of have Purdue there. They had they had one of the best offenses in the country last year with Jaden Ivey, Trayvon Williams, uh, Stefanovic. All three of those guys were great offensive players. Yeah, I really am expecting them to take a huge jump on the defensive end. Yeah, um, I think if Zach Eady can play more minutes, that'll be huge for him. Uh, but my guess is they'll be a little bit more balanced than they were last year. And if their defense can be anything close to, like, if they can go from, they were like 90th in Ken Palm last year, if they can get to, like, 50th and take a little bit of step back on the offensive end, but really improve that defense, I think that'll be a big big improvement for them. Yeah. Who's your uh, your fourth or fifth team here? Sorry. The team is Ohio State, uh, who I think you have like a decent amount lower, actually. Um, 
but they lose EJ Liddell, lose Malachi Branham. Those are the two big losses. They ended up actually losing a decent amount of other uh, of other guys too, only returning 23 minutes. But they signed four guys in the top 62 at a range of positions, so not really loading up on any one position there. So they can almost, I mean, they could start an entire freshman starting five if they wanted to. They won't, but they have five freshmen coming in, uh, as well as three transfer portal ads uh, at kind of like the shooting guard slash wing position, all or two from the Big 12 in Sean McNeil and Isaac by Kelly. Yes, how you say his name? I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, from don't know. Oklahoma State. But then Tanner Holden is a guy that I'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, it's a sm- small forward. Uh, from Wright State that was a 20-point-per-game score last year. So adding those guys in, I think it'll take them a little bit of time to gel, but I really like the upside of this team, and I really like uh, Holtman as well. Yeah, I uh, I have them seventh, but we'll, we'll talk, I'll talk about them in a little bit, why I have them seventh. I have Michigan at five, and you have them at two, so that's kind of like the I think the biggest difference between ours. I really like Hunter Dickinson, but – if you look at this Michigan team, I think that it's the least talented of the last three teams uh, for them. And, you know, last year's team was disappointing considering the talent that they had. So they didn't replace the talent. Well, they lost a lot of scores. Um, so I just not super high on them. I, I'm big when I, when I'm doing these conference previews, I value returning experience uh, unless you're like a top 20 player. Uh, I really valued returning experience. So Michigan didn't really get, a lot of top 20 players, <laughs> um, they got none, actually. So the fact that they just didn't replace, you know, Eli Brooks, Devontae Jones, Caleb Houston, Musa Diabete, you know, like they didn't replace those guys well. Yeah. You know, um, that's why I have them so much lower. But, yeah, that's uh, that's why I have them at five. No, despite what Hunter Dickinson can do, I just think they're just not as talented as they have been, and they were fighting for a top five spot the last two years. So um, yeah. other than, the you know, the year before. But – yeah, so um, with the sixth spot, I have Michigan State. This is going to be one of um, Tom Izzo's least talented teams he's had in a while, but he's still a really good coach and gets people, puts people in a position to win, especially late in the year. So I think they'll finish sixth. I think they'll start lower than that, to be honest with you. They have Jackson Kohler, who's t- you know, number 40, Trey Holman coming in 79, and then Carson Cooper, who's unranked. But they lost Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham, Max Christie, and Julius Marble. So uh, they lost one 11-point score per game and then two nine-point scores per game. So, you know, like that's tough um, coming in. But returning Malik Hall helps and Hoggard. So, yeah, um, I think Michigan State will be just fine this year. Nothing to write home about. And But Izzo is a Hall of Fame coach for a reason, so he'll get them into a spot that they'll be competitive. He do be good at the coaching thing. Uh, yeah, I think it's it'll be interesting to see kind of who takes the leap from their list of returners. They have four guys that averaged seven between seven and nine points per game. So you're going to need, if not one, two of those, probably more like two of those guys to take the next jump. Uh, so we'll be interesting to see. Malik Hall definitely is one guy that I think will. Um, but we'll be cool to see kind of how they shake out. Yeah, definitely. Who do you have? So you have them at, at six as well. Who do you have for your seventh team? Uh, I have the Cliff Amarui-led Rutgers Knights. Uh, are they the Scarlet Knights or just the Knights? I think the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, whichever one. Um, 
Yeah, I think they're going to be really good. They got uh, a 19-point-per-game score coming in from Loyola, Maryland. That'll be fun. A couple top 300 guys uh, on the recruiting side and a guard and a forward. Um, but I feel like that it, just going through, as we go through these rankings, I feel like that I am leaning more into if you have one dominant player, especially a big that that will carry you this year in the Big Ten. Uh, just seeing where I have Michigan ranked, Indiana ranked, and now Rutgers, because uh, I think Cliff Armory is probably a first-team All-Big Ten player. So I'm excited about them. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i really excited about them. That's kind of a spoiler alert for my my five players to watch. Um, but at seven, I have Ohio State. The reason, and so we talked about the dis- discrepancy between what we had those two, you had them five, I had seven. And I think the bigger one was Michigan two and me having them at five. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I have Ohio State there. Like I said, I value returning players. They lost a lot of returners. They're two best players in EJ Liddell and Malachi Branham. Um, so, like, that was the one-two score right there. So, replacing that's going to be tough. I mean, like, they have two top 50 players coming in, so that should help. Uh, they Like you said, they hit the transfer portal hard, but – um, I mean, like that last year, their offense was if EJ Liddell is not scoring in the post, we're just gonna have Malachi Branham score on the perimeter. So, uh, just not having that that fluidity there, I think this is it's gonna they have to figure a lot of stuff out and rely less on talent. So that's where I have them. And then eight, I have Rutgers there. So pretty pretty much close to what you have yours, and for the same reasons, other than I think some of these other teams, you know, like maybe. Uh, uh, you're a little bit higher on, uh, or I'm higher on Illinois than you are. That's the biggest discrepancy. I, was say, so. I just realized that. So, that's why I have records that uh, finish an eight there, but that's still a good spot for them, especially what they considering what they had been finishing before. So, and that, this is not a records hate podcast by any means. So, uh, tell me your eighth team then. Uh, it is the Illinois Fighting Illini. Wow. I, so, returning only 16.5% of their minutes, uh, their highest leading scorer that they're returning is Coleman Hawkins, who averaged under six points per game. Um, they did a really good job in the transfer portal, like you said, getting Karen Shannon and Matthew Mayer. But I think the reliance on freshman, especially with their top freshman, like I think Scott Clark will be very good in college basketball. But yes, he's a freshman and is a 30 ranked player according to the composite, but he is missed an entire year with a torn ACL, which means that just development there is going to be stunted regardless of like how well you recover from that. So just I don't know. I don't I don't know if I love Brad Underwood to like fully maximize this team. It's just in a world where there's a ton of, even if it's not like a ton of returning players, there's just a ton of bigs. I don't see who they're going to really have to be able to go up against a lot of the bigs in the big 10, which I feel like is the big 10 strength. So I don't know. I just am not high on Illinois, but like I, I say that and I have them seventh, but, I feel like that the it kind of drops off a cliff after the seventh team. So, and honestly, like if you told me that they ended up in fourth in Purdue, 
like drop down to seventh, like I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. A lot of this is like kind of like nitpicking a little bit in these top seven, especially like four through seven. Um, But I don't know, just, I think this might be a little bit of a rebuilding year for for Illinois. Fair enough. All right. So do you, who do you have at ninth here? Um, ninth, I have Penn State. Who, let me scroll down to their little guy. Um, they lost uh, Sam Sethams and John Harar uh, to double digit scores, but honestly have a decent amount coming back. They have their two top leading scores uh, coming back. Added a couple guys from two like, 16 plus point per game scores from Drexel and Bucknell and Cameron Winter and Andrew Funk, respectively. Uh, and also have a pretty solid recruiting class. Uh, it's a five-man recruiting class with four guys in the top 200 uh, in terms of 24 7 sports composite. So the, I don't know, just I think they'll be fun. Uh, I would like to see them play a little bit faster, especially if they're going to have that kind of depth. I mean, they return five guys, three guys in the transfer portal, plus probably, what, three uh, three or four recruits that, that play. So they should be pretty deep in terms of yeah. their rotation. So they should hopefully play a lot faster than they did last year. They were 358th in the conference uh, or in the country last year in pace, which is super boring. But they should yeah. have a score. Yeah, Andrew Funk definitely has jumped up into the first all-name team uh, Absolutely. for college basketball because you got the Funk, so pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, my ninth team here is Wisconsin. Uh, not super high on them. We talked about them before. Losing Johnny Davis and Brad Davison are huge losses. Thank God. Thank God Brad Davison is gone. That man <laughs> was in college for forever. I'm pretty sure he was on that 2013 team that beat Kentucky. It feels like it, but uh, yeah, the uh, it's it's been you know whatever, but um, yeah, just not super high in Wisconsin this year. They didn't replace them very well. We talked about them in the off season episode breakdown for the for Wisconsin's whole team. So go listen to that episode if you and you understand why we're not high on them. But yeah, that's my nineteenth. My tenth team here is Maryland. Uh, just tough, tough sledding for Maryland the last few years, obviously, but. I mean, finishing tenth could be worse. I mean, they have, they're losing Fats Russell. That sucks. Uh, that's a that's a first uh, all name team. team. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super high on Jameer Young. Well, I'll talk about him a little bit. The transfer from Charlotte, so I think he'll be the the bright spot for them and something to to kind of build on for them. But yeah, not nothing super great going on for Maryland here. So we'll see what happens. I could be totally wrong. Who do you have as your tenth team? Um, tenth team, I have Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's just losing a lot, and I don't know if you are able to replace all the production that you're losing. Especially, man, just like watching that team last year, it just was. Johnny Davis scored almost 20 points per game, but it, it was even. It felt like that his impact was even more great than just scoring 20 points per game. So yeah. I just don't know if you're able to fully replace that. I uh, do want to shout out my, my man, Jacoby Neath, who is will probably be their backup point guard this year. Uh, well, I don't know. They had two transfer guards coming in, so he'll be in the rotation there. But he's a former Wake Forest player that I really enjoyed that is like, big, strong, uh, 
I think Canadian as well, which is cool. Uh, yeah, I have Wisconsin 10th, and then I have Maryland 11th, um, which uh, Maryland's going to be one of those that is very interesting to me. They bring back two guys that scored around 10 points per game. Uh, a lot of, like, forward, like, kind of hybrid three, four kind of guys. Um, that'd be fun. They brought in three guys that scored double digits last year. Uh, and Jameer Young also, but Donald Carey from Georgetown and Patrick Emilian from St. Francis, Brooklyn, uh, which is an interesting, uh, interesting pull. But they, I worry about them being able to guard the big centers as well, but they should be able to, have a pretty solid um, offense, and uh, they're, they're one where I think they have the biggest kind of range of outcomes that I could see, uh, just yeah. depending on how those guys that they brought in translate to, especially scoring-wise. That's how I feel about Penn State, who's my 12th team here, um, So or no, 11th team. Uh, so, I yeah, I just... It's, if they if it goes out well, they'll probably be higher, obviously, but I don't know if it will. I just never know what you're going to get with Penn State basketball. Like, you have a good idea of what you're going to get out of Penn State football. Um, so, yeah, you're doing your B-reel, aren't you? Because I just didn't mind. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the 12th team for me, I have Nebraska. They lost Bryce McGowans and Alonzo Verge Jr. So that's two, like – double-digit averaging players and 16 points and 14 points. So that's a lot that you're losing. Um, Trey McGowan's is staying, which is nice. Uh, Derek Walker staying. C.J. Wilcher is staying. But this is not not a really good Nebraska team last year. So I don't I think losing two of your best players and not replacing them well is not that means bad. I mean, but means bad news for them. But they're also and that's a lower year for the Big Ten. So. Who knows? Um, but I'm just not super sold on Nebraska this year. So that is my 12th team. Who is your 12th team? Um, 12th team is Northwestern. They will be not good. Uh, I am kind of excited about Boo Booey, who is also in the first team, all name team for the Big Ten. Uh, but lost Pete Nance, who was their, their best player last year. Uh, they're also their schedule is like weirdly uh is like weirdly tough. So this kind of this Maryland, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota tier is probably the bottom four teams. Well you have Penn State in there, so we can throw them in there, whatever. Yeah. Um they Northwestern only gets four games against those teams. So they only play Maryland once, they only play Nebraska once, and they only play Minnesota once, and they only play Penn State once. So the their schedule just does not work out for no, leading to favor. them being good at all. Um, no. I do like Chris Collins though, and like I said, I really enjoy Boo Booey, who uh, I'll talk about a little bit later. But um, yeah, I have them at twelve. I'm Nebraska at thirteen, so we just have them flipped. Yeah, Nebraska again, similar thing to. Johnny Davis in Wisconsin being Bryce McGowan's was that whole team last year and mm -hmm. whatever, however many points like he scored, his impact was more than just his like 17 points per game. Yeah. Um, and I just, 
regardless of who they brought in. They have a pretty, honestly, pretty solid transfer portal addition, as well as a top 100 recruit. But just, I don't know how you replace a guy like Bryce McGowan's. Uh, yeah, first team, Big Ten, Big Ten all-name team is uh, De- also Denim Dawson. I mean, if your first Ooh, name's Denim. That's a good one. Pretty swaggy there, so got to show out with, like, a denim suit if he gets drafted. There's no other way around it. Um, yeah, I have Northwestern as my 13th team as well. So, uh, like you said, we just had them flipped. But it's honestly, like, at that point, who cares? Splitting hairs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we both agree, though, that Minnesota will be the worst team in the Big 10 this year. And it's not even close, I don't think. They're just so bad. And I feel bad for them. Like, that's – I feel for them really bad. But they lost a lot. They lost two double-digit scorers. They didn't replace it well. You know, like we, we, the kind of the narrative that we talked about this whole episode. But um, when you lose a lot and you don't replace it well. But there's an interesting name that of a transfer there. You want to tell us who transferred to Minnesota? Uh, they got Dawson Garcia, who I think, was he not a transfer from Marquette to North Carolina last year? So this will be his, he second, was. Yeah. his second transfer. Uh, but former five-star five guy. Uh, scored nine points per game uh, last year at North Carolina. So, I mean, that should be a solid addition. But, I mean, still, just uh, also wanted to call out, too. I was just coming here to look up their stats. But the injury bug normally kind of hits throughout the season, but they have already lost two of their forwards to knee injuries for the 2022-2023 season. So uh, Isaiah Endon, I don't know, and Parker Fox are are both out for them, uh, who they were expecting to play this year. So that's obviously not good, especially whenever you're only returning twenty one percent of your minutes to begin with. That's tough, man. That's tough. They're gonna be bad. Yeah. So, all right. Their well, gu- let's move their on. Guards. They have like three guards on their lineup, like in on their team, according to this. Yikes. Big yikes. Um, all right, so let's move on to the five players to watch. Do the honors. Give us your first player to watch. Um, my first player is, as someone who listened to the podcast last year, you know I was incredibly hot on Keegan Murray. I drafted him in my fantasy draft, uh, my dynasty draft, and he is great. Uh, love Keegan Murray. I have his little brother, Chris as my first player to watch. He actually put up really good defensive numbers. I know Keegan was more known for being a scorer, but Chris Murray actually had um, was like nationally ranked for both block and steal rate, which is awesome, getting some, some stonks there. Uh, and he is good at drawing fouls, uh, good offensive rebounder for just being 6'8", and shot 39, almost 39% on 111 attempts last year from three. And I think that the increased role uh, will really do him a lot of, of good. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him end up first team or second team uh, all Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, I, no, I agree with that. And I left him I left him for you there, so you're welcome. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I have uh, my, my first player to watch is Terrence Shannon Jr., the transfer into Illinois from Texas Tech. He averaged double digits in a better defensive conference and in the Big 12. So I think you should have a really big role for at Illinois. Like we talked about them, they are placing a lot. And so he, he's fighting for that, probably a lead scoring role or like a top three scoring role. 
And then obviously, like, he's a, he's a great defender as well. So that's who I have as my first player watch. My second player watch is, will always be until he's out of college basketball is Cliff Amarui. Just the, I mean, he averaged 14 points a game last year at Rutgers, was kind of the, the, probably the third or fourth best big man in the, in the Big Ten and probably going to be a top three big man in the Big Ten this year too. So just something to watch for. He's the GOAT. There's no other way around it. So Cliff Amarui, that's my second player to watch. You left me Chris Murray, but you took Cliff Amarui, which uh, is, a, is kind fair of sad. Uh, but fair it's trade. fair trade, but sad because that was Cliff <laughs> Murray. Um, I have the who will be the biggest man in the Big Ten. It's my next pick. Uh, Zach Eady from Purdue. He's absolutely massive. Uh, best offensive rebounder in the country last year in terms of offensive rebounding percentage. Um, monster drawing fouls. I think he drew something like almost eight fouls per 40 minutes. Uh, he only plays like 20 minutes, which I mentioned earlier about him being able to increase his minutes is going to be really important. Um, so if he can do that and stay on the floor, uh, that'll really help kind of anchor the Purdue defense and will also – in a league that is built on big men, if he can get other big men in foul trouble, that will be huge. And he is very good at doing that. So, Zaki, number two on my five players to watch. Who's your third player? Uh, it is Jalen Llewellyn, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, was top 25 oh, guard at Michigan, transferred in from uh, Princeton. Was top 25 in 15 categories on Kenpom. And... Kimpom, I think, has around 20 categories on their, like, player stats page. So just an absolute monster across the board. Um, will be a major shooter for them to pair with Hunter Dickinson. Uh, really excited to see their kind of inside-out game. Uh, I think he – if Michigan does end up being where they finish, uh, in terms of my prediction, finishing second in the Big Ten, they uh, it will probably be because they got a big year out of Joe Llewellyn. Yeah. Uh, I have Patrick McCaffrey as my third player to watch. Uh, solid experience, obviously knows the offense and defense very well, living with the coach um, probably, and uh, just experience there, obviously, we talked about. But also, he was a 10-point scorer, a 10-point-per-game score last year with uh, Chris Mur- or Keegan Murray going out and Jordan Mohannon leaving. I think he's going to be the two and the one-two punch of the Chris Murray, Patrick McCaffrey combo there. So I think you should, you should see an increase in production for him just because there's more minutes and more points to be had. So he should get that. Um, Does this mean we're a pro nepotism podcast? Is that what I thought that you picking him means that we like, well, no, because the difference is he's actually good. And the Bayheims he would play whatever Bayheim kid was there just to play them. Whereas there's mm-hmm. a Connor McCaffrey and Connor McCaffrey is not good. So okay. um, he's, the, he's the only one that is benefiting from nepotism. Yeah. A little bit, but okay. also he's just probably good. Um, it's not a, <laughs> it's not a brag Calipari situation by any hey, means. Hey, he wasn't um, given anything. It was earned. <laughs> so my next player to watch is Sky Clark. He's going to be the best freshman, I think one of the best freshmen in the conference, but that's not saying a whole lot. Uh, Dal and I both agreed that it felt like every conference had their pick of whatever freshman they want, and then they just took the pool of the remaining players in this class and were like, 
have at it, pick what you want uh, for the Big Ten. So that that kind of sucks. But Sky Clark, formerly committed to Kentucky, decommitted committed to Illinois. I think he's still going to be a really good player for this team. Uh, it's going to take him a little bit to find his way, but I think he'd be fine and, and smooth. And I think he's going to be better as a facilitator than we give him credit for going into the season. Uh, but yeah, that is my fourth player to watch in this conference here in the Big Ten. So Jalen Jalen Hood Safino uh, would like a word, considering True. that he and Malik uh, Renault were both technically ranked higher than Sky Clark. But yeah. Yeah. I think that I think Sky Clark's rankings also just do facts of the injury, like that knocked yeah, him down. That, that is true. It it definitely did not help him that he missed, and then. I mean, this isn't supposed to matter, but I'm sure the like drama around decommitting from Kentucky and that, yeah, just, like, I wouldn't be shocked that. Kinda... But Illinois fans, don't go too crazy. I saw some of y'all <laughs> saying he's the next Kyrie. That's not what I'm saying, bro. Because yeah. that's the t- terrible, terrible comparison. Uh, not you know who's the next, you know who's the next Kyrie. Who's the next Kyrie? Rob Dillingham. Yeah, <laughs> a man. A man has handles. Yeah, Anyways, that stuff back was nasty. This is not a Kentucky Recruiting Podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right, my next player uh, is Tanner Holden, another transfer. The transfer uh, from Wright State to Ohio State, so staying pretty close, going moving from Dayton up to Columbus. Uh, 20 point per game score in the Horizon League last year. Incredible at drawing fouls. Um, just with a lot of these teams not being deep, I feel like that might be even – more important it's just the ability to draw fouls and get the opponent in foul trouble get kind of it's almost like getting to the bullpen in a baseball game where you're one of the big things that you really are trying to do is kind of get the starter out get to the bullpen and it usually becomes easier to hit there um similar process here uh he also is a good positional rebounder he's like six six uh small forward but is pretty solid at at rebounding there. So uh, I'm really excited to see him work at Ohio State, filling the void for Liddell and Branham. Sounds good. Who's your last player? It's Boo Booey, Northwestern, all-name team. Had thrown in here. Uh, wouldn't be shocked if he leads the Big Ten in assists. Uh, he is incredibly efficient at doing that. He also scores from the foul line pretty efficiently and gets there relatively efficiently, which as we – no, I very much enjoy. So threw him on here just because all of my other players were kind of on the top teams. Uh, I think that's indicative of the lack of strength uh, in the, or I guess just the weakness of the bottom of the Big Ten this year. Uh, but I wanted to still give a shout out to a guy on one of the lower teams, just if you're like kind of looking to, oh, a random Tuesday night where there aren't many other games, uh, if you're looking to tune in. Northwestern will be worth watching uh, because Boo Booey. Yeah. Uh, I have Jameer Young as my last player to watch. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the top guards in the conference. He transferred from Charlotte to Maryland, like we talked about. So uh, he, he was really fun to watch when I watched the Wake-Charlotte game last year. I know you were in person for that game. Just incredible, incredible scorer, incredible facilitator. All around, solid defensive player, too. So I think he'll be, one, like I said, one of the top guards in the conference. Just keep an eye out for him. Um, so let's move on to the Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, who's your first – or who's your Big Ten Player of the Year? Uh, it's Trey Jackson Davis. We haven't really honestly talked about him a ton uh, other than our little preview for Indiana. But 
he's one just incredibly good, but he also I think unlike some of the other guys will be taking on a bigger role for that team, which is kind of why I edged him out over uh, Hunter Dickinson and Cliff Marie is I just felt that he will, he already was a huge role on that team and will just continue to get better. So I think he's going to have kind of the volume. Plus I think Indiana will be a little bit of a Cinderella and they won't be a Cinderella because everyone is expecting them to do well, but They've been down for so long. I feel like that the narrative kind of around him bringing yeah. basketball back will be something that is beneficial to his Big Ten Player of the Year. Yeah, I if I did, if you hadn't picked him, I would have picked him. But I have Hunter Dickinson as my Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, just what, he's, the what he's done the last three years at Michigan is nothing short of incredible, and he's going to continue to dominate this year. So um, excited for him. And I think he very well could could win that outright, um, even over Tracy Jackson Davis. So we'll see. Uh, Big Ten Coach of the Year. I, I have Fran McCaffrey. I, I have the, obviously I have Iowa finishing third. They are losing two really good players. Uh, so the fact that if they can finish third and, fin- and and still finish top or finish top three and losing two good players like that. Um, says a lot of how good of a coach Fran McCaffrey is. And the fact that they've just been nationally prominent in the last few years says a lot to him as well, like his recruiting ability, but his player development's been unreal there. So uh, that's that's why I have uh, Fran McCaffrey as my Big Ten Coach of the Year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these Coach of the Year, Player of the Year type stuff are are always really narrative-based. And the losing Keegan Murray, and if they finish their, like, Losing Keegan Murray and not missing a step, kind of thing, I can definitely see them. Uh, mm-hmm. Them winning that. Uh, I have another coach that will have a great narrative if they are able to win, and it's Mike Woodson. Keeping my uh, picking Mike's train going because I picked Mike Anderson to be the Big East Coach of the Year on our last <laughs> episode. Uh, Mike Woodson. If Indiana finishes first, I don't know how you don't give it to Mike Woodson, especially since they've been terrible since Tom Green was there. Uh, I think he would be a shoe-in if they end up getting first. There's not a lot of times where the team that just, like, wins it is who gets it because a lot of times it's, oh, did you, like, overperform versus expectations, that kind of thing. But if they finish first, I don't know how Mike Woodson doesn't win the, yeah. win the award. Yeah, honestly, that's probably how I feel too. Just had to pick somebody different, but no, I agree with that. It's like a lot of these, if you have to pick one person, you have another person in mind too. So that's kind yeah. of how I feel about it. So um, yeah, so let's move on. Last thing is a Big Ten hot take. For me, this feels like one of those weird years where the Big Ten will get no media love, but they'll still have incredible tournament success due to dumb luck. Like I just feel like that's if we're due for something like that. Uh, just kind of how like ACC got last year. They had no yep. media love all year, but then they had like five teams in the Elite Eight or something like that. You know, something incredible like that. So um, this just feels like one of those years for the Big Ten, like they're due for that because typically they get all the media love and then they underperform in the tournament. So we'll yeah. see. Tournament's wild, man. Yeah. My hot take is that the Big Ten will be the fifth best conference. This isn't a, this that's year. not a hot take. It's not a hot uh, take by any stretch of this. The ACC got absolutely like <laughs> shit on last year. And I feel like that's saying that they're going to be better than the Big Ten, who 
always gets the like bump for having the what do they have? Do they have a sixteen game conference schedule when most teams have fourteen? Whatever it is, yeah. they end up playing more conference games, which ends up boosting their overall kind of mm-hmm. conference outlook. Uh, I think they're going to be the fifth best team or the fifth best conference this year, uh, especially because the lower those like final four teams. Maryland, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota, I feel like that they are going to really kind of drag them down. So that's my hot take. I like it. So you guys should go follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Beers and Buckets Pod, and then subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're watching along on YouTube, thanks for watching. And go ahead and give us a listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And while you're at Apple Podcasts, uh, leave a review. Those help us go a long way. The more traction and traffic there is in the reviews and likes and things like that, the better it helps shares the episode organically. So we would love for you to do that. Um, Check out the Basketball Podcast Network on Twitter for more shows like this one. This has been an incredibly fun episode. We, I I do want to tease something that we are looking at doing next week. uh, We'll, we'll still do our conference previews, but we are going to break it up with a, fantasy basketball draft if you listen to the courtside connect last year we did that on their podcast with uh matt sack and scott we, clark you did that well i, I was that. not invited this is this was one prior of to beers and buckets birth which is coming up in approximately uh eight days as when we're celebrating Wait, our one year what? anniversary so um yeah but anyways yeah happy birthday beers and buckets but we are going to be doing a fantasy basketball draft. Um, this is something that I was a part of last year. This was incredibly fun. Considering that Beers and Buckets, we host a college basketball show, not just a Kentucky basketball show. It made more sense for us to do it on this platform. And so it's going to be an incredibly fun time. Listen in. We'll do a draft episode, and then we're going to do a recap episode at the end, towards the end of the season. It's going to be a super fun time. But uh, be on the lookout for that. That's going to come out next week. This has been an awesome episode in itself. Uh, Despite the fact that it's a poo-poo conference, it's going to be fun for you guys to listen to this. So check it out. Big 10. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter. If we hit the nail on the head or if we totally missed the mark and they're going to have 10 tournament teams, let us know what your thoughts are. We appreciate you guys listening. This has been the bottom line because Connor said so. You guys have a fantastic week. 